Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Indie Elixir podcast. My name is Carter Bryden, and this episode I wanted to talk about trying out Phoenix Live View for the first time and some focus changes I've had on my project Forte. So over the last while, I had launched Forte with sort of the initial features that I had expected to come out with. So if you're not familiar, Forte is a marketplace where anyone with some expert knowledge or experience can sell their help over video chat. You can create topics and listings in the marketplace with pricing packages. People can request an appointment with those, schedule them, pay for it, and hold the video chat all on the site. Uh, And so that's all really great. I like that. I'm pretty happy with it as it is uh, in its current form. Uh, There's lots of things I want to improve on, obviously, but essentially it can do what I was hoping for it to do uh, for people. But there's also a little bit of a problem with that. Um, So the whole idea or the goal for Forte uh, was to kind of create this place where anyone with this experience could sell the advice and the help. Uh, The purpose behind that goal for me, aside from making a living for myself, was pretty aspirational, though, and a little bit philosophical. You know, I think it'll be good for people and society in general if there's more independent work going on. Um, I've talked about that a few times, so I won't go over it again at the moment. Uh, But that idea is pretty important to me. Uh, And Forte, the marketplace aspect of Forte, is the best idea I have right now of how I can help people make a living independently, or just make some extra money, you know, help them be less dependent on their employer. That kind of cascades into a whole bunch of good things for people. Uh, That being said, that's a hard sell for a lot of people. A marketplace is naturally at least double-sided, which means it's really difficult to get going. Uh, It's going to take a lot of education, the right kind of marketing, and honestly, some real luck to get people to even take a look at it. Um, And I haven't been really putting much or any time into marketing this, uh, probably not to the right people anyways. Um, and that's on me, but I also know that that's going to be an uphill battle the whole time. And luckily I don't need this to succeed immediately or even in the near future. I do just fine financially. I'm happy with my life. This isn't, uh, this project isn't intended to escape from something. It's just something I, I genuinely want to exist. Um, so it's okay if it takes a while. Uh, but given all of that, this uphill battle of convincing people that not only is this possible, but it's actually might be in their best interest. Um, it's pretty tough to get going. And sometimes I'm so upbeat about all this that people assume that it's like a get rich quick scheme or something. Um, you know, or like a pyramid scheme. I don't know. Um, but to me, it's more like opening an Etsy store or an artist creating a Patreon. You know, it's not some miracle cure for income and employment, but uh, I think it could help some people. I think it would be fun for a lot of people. Um, but yeah, it's hard to hard to convince people that they should be some of the first sellers on a marketplace. It's hard to convince them that they actually have time and do have the knowledge and expertise and experience to offer that, that people might actually pay them for it. And then I have to also bring people to the site. Like, there's a lot to go on there. So marketplaces are tough. I get that. I'm totally okay with that. That'll take a while. That's not a problem for me. Um, but after I've talked to a few users or potential interested users, I've kind of decided that there are some people I can be a little more useful to immediately and that I don't really need to convince to use the platform if I can provide them with a few extra features, 
uh, which is dangerous always. I know. Well, let's just build more features. That'll make everything better, right? But these are basically people who I think would use this and would potentially be encouraged to use the the marketplace component of things in the future if I could provide them with something more useful right now. Uh, so instead, I kind of started thinking about what's a little bit smaller, a little bit closer to home for me. What do I know best? And what would actually be something I would use um, like constantly, like on a daily basis? And something that also, you know, I know a lot about. So I know a lot about video chat. I know a lot about payment processing, handling that with Stripe for other people. I know quite a bit about marketplaces and freelancing, dealing with clients, taking payments, the flow of all of those things, you know, just because I've been living that for 10 years or so. Um, that's how long I've been a freelancer. And so I was thinking about that and I've decided to focus on basically something similar to Zoom or join.me or any number of other things like that, but specifically for freelancers. So the rest of these, they're, they tend to be generic. They have a lot of features, but they don't necessarily have anything that helps me as a freelancer in particular uh, any better than just hopping on a phone call a lot of the time. Um, yeah, maybe they have video chat, but honestly, most of the time, that doesn't matter so much when it's a freelancer to a client call. Screen sharing is very useful, but that's pretty ubiquitous at this point. So I thought, well, what could I what could I do that would help me as a freelancer hold these conference calls, these video chats that I'm having constantly, like several times a week at minimum? And so I started thinking about that problem because I know people like this. I know that the people I've talked to have asked me, they said, I don't care about the marketplace part of this. I just want to be able to talk to my clients. I want to be able to do that really, really easily. I want to be able to charge them for it. You know, I, I want all these features. I want to be able to take notes, things like that. So I started thinking about that. I decided, yeah, I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to create the best experience for freelancers and their clients to have those calls and to pay for them. So like I said, I know I'm going to be competing with some heavy hitters on that front, uh, but I think I can compete with the features specifically for freelancers. So on top of the usual screen sharing, call in by phone and group chat features, some freelancer specific features would be, I'm going to integrate smart payment features that freelancers will actually want to use. So that'll be things like paying to confirm an appointment. So you send an invite out, maybe that's by email or something else. And to actually confirm that it has to be paid for first, that's going to be optional. Obviously, you're not going to want to use that all the time. But definitely, that's something that I find is a major problem where it's only in the last few years that I've even started billing a lot of the time for things like conference calls and video chats uh, with clients, because that at first, I thought, well, that's just sort of the cost of doing business. Those are unbillable hours, which is silly. Um, and that was more of a confidence thing. And I, But I think a lot of freelancers do this where they think, I can't bill for that. You know, that's just talking to the client, whatever. But to the client, like, those are some of the most useful times. And they are almost always fully willing to pay for that. Like, they understand that this took an hour of your time and that you're an expert and that this is part of the project. So they're happy to do that. Um, and when I have to get off that call and say, okay, great, I'll send you an invoice later, or I have to send them an invoice, say through QuickBooks beforehand or whatever, a lot of the time that stuff just takes a lot longer. Like for whatever reason, that means the ball gets rolling way later. It takes way longer. The back and forth is heavier. Um, it's just a lot less efficient and it's pretty annoying. So 
what I plan on doing is letting people pay to confirm as an option. So they'll get an invite. That invite, if it is pay to confirm, that person can click through. There will be a form right there. It'll be itemized with whatever you wanted to put on that uh, as the freelancer. They'll pay for it. That'll get sent to the freelancer and that'll unlock the invite and whoever was invited can join. Uh, So that could be sent to a specific person if you're having like a group chat with three or four people or it could be sent so that anyone in that group can pay for it as long as it gets paid for. There'll be a few options like that. So that's the first uh, sort of thing I was looking at. Um, I also want to be able to offer creating payment forms on the fly during the session as well. So I want I want to be able to prompt a person on the other end, a specific person, or again, anybody on the other end, with an itemized payment form that says, okay, great, we've talked about this and this and this. This is what we're going to go forwards with. Um, here it is as an itemized list, and you can actually pay for it right now before we even get off the call, which again, seems aggressive. But because my experience as a freelancer is if I can get an invoice out to a client before I get off the call with them, they pay it immediately. And like, they're happy to do that because now the ball is rolling. Like we're not wasting time. As soon as they're off that call, they're usually doing something else right away, you know, and coming back to it is this thing. Like now you're at the back of their queue again of things to do. So just simple things like that. Um, But that will be really helpful, I think. Um, I'm going to look at things like optional recordings. So uh, nobody has to wonder what was said. Uh, maybe transcriptions uh, as well. Uh, I'm going to have a note-taking feature uh, with some optional collaboration for the other participants. So that's something that I, the freelancer, can take notes because that's one of the other things I do. I'm always opening up like Google Documents or whatever I have on hand and quickly writing down some notes. And they're not really tied to anything. So it'd be nice if I could have a notes-taking feature that maybe is tied to a certain time in the uh, in the video chat. Um, especially if I have a recording so I can go, Oh, I want to click on that note. What were we talking about right there? Oh, go right to that part of the recording. And Oh yes, that that makes sense. I didn't write that down, but we did talk about that. So a few features like that. I plan on having not just invite only meetings, but also I kind of wanted to replicate the idea of like office hours or something like that, where you can have this persistent link and, uh, it would be a knock to enter sort of situation where, if you have that page open and you can send your link to anybody, maybe maybe I'll set it up with an optional password or something like that that you can send out. But um, anyone can go to that link. Your clients can go to that link. And they can knock to enter and you let them in. And that's just like the easiest possible way you could do all of this. Now, that's not really any different than the invite only. It's just available all the time. So I'm trying to make things like as quick and easy, as little setup, as little thinking to get everybody on board. So I like the idea of that. And, you know, finally, I don't want people to have to install anything. That's kind of the idea behind a lot of Forte anyways. So because it's all in the browser, you don't have to send someone a Zoom link and then they have to install Zoom. And then it's this whole like thing where, oh, I, you know, I don't know how to do this. I'm not a tech savvy person or whatever which I've definitely had to deal with in the past. It's like, okay, well, what can, what else can we use? Okay, let's try this video chat. Like, oh, well, this is limited to three people unless we pay 20 bucks a month and whatever. And there's a lot of things like that that I don't want people to have to deal with. So this will just be in the browser. Super easy. Send a link. Works in all major browsers, the latest versions of them. Really easy. And so I think once I have that ready, I'll actually have several people who will use that all the time, including myself, just by the basis of I know some freelancers who I can talk to and they'll try it out. 
And so I'm hoping that'll build a little bit of revenue for this project, which will make it a little bit easier for me to put a little bit more time onto it. Um, but also down the road, I'm thinking, okay, well, people might want to actually use this for that feature, and then they might see how well this works. They might decide to make some listings in the marketplace. That would be great. And maybe, you know, maybe the marketplace doesn't end up working out and, you know, that's a failed attempt. That's okay too. But I think, you know, I'm not, I'm not ready to give up on that idea yet. I think that that's like a very long-term idea and I knew it was going to be a hard road to get people to use that. Um, but also it's something like I want it to exist. So I don't really care if it takes years to get there. Um, you know, I'm not going anywhere and I'm just fine. So yeah, I'm I'm still going to be keeping the marketplace. Uh, that was kind of a hard decision because I thought about, oh, well, you know, should I maybe create a second app for these features? I uh, decided no, because I want to encourage people to use those features. Maybe that'll push them towards the marketplace later on. And yeah, I think that could be a good stepping stone. Yeah, that's a little bit of like, I wouldn't call it a pivot exactly, but it's a little bit of a change in focus for now uh, for Forte. I'd be really interested to know what people think about that. I suspect there will be some strong opinions and some people will be thinking like, you should just give up the marketplace, that's too hard. Or that I should make a new app for these things because it's going to be harder to brand and market them. So I'm interested to get perspectives on that. I think that I can market features distinctly enough that I don't really have to talk about the rest. It will take changing some of the uh, like marketing design on the public side of the, the platform. Uh, you know, creating some pages specifically for these features that don't really talk about the marketplace because those people don't necessarily care about that. So that'll take some thinking and some rearranging, but I think it's doable. But yeah, let me know if you think I'm totally wrong on that and I'm being an idiot. You can message me on Twitter at Carter Bryden, uh, at C-A-R-T-E-R-B-R-Y-D-E-N, um, or send me an email at carter at indielixir.com. Yeah, so after I decided I was going to build these new features. I, I jumped on it pretty quickly because, you know, I am a developer. So of course I get developing right away. I was planning on waiting to use Phoenix Live View for until it got to version one. Because I was just thinking like, I've been using a lot of things that are sub version one that have bit me a little bit in the past. Uh, nothing major, but you know, it could be better. So I was really thinking, you know what, I'll wait for this when it hits version one, then I'll try it out. Uh, I was too excited. So I, I tried it out anyway. And I was thinking, okay, well, this will be a really good, like a really good way to handle these group chat uh, meeting features that I wanted to do. So I started with just the basic idea of, oh, I can use the Phoenix Live View to tell me who is in the video chat uh, or who is in this meeting and who's connected to video, who's connected to audio, who's on the phone connecting in, those kind of things. And at first I was confused about how to integrate it into my existing flow, um, mostly because like the docs aren't really formal, you know, finalized yet. Um, the tutorials and examples most people have put out there are pretty simple in that they're, they don't really integrate into a larger app. Um, they tend to be like just the live view. And so they don't take into consideration um, a lot of things that an existing app might have. So for instance, it uses a socket connection, which is only sort of a drop in replacement for the, the uh, like the con in on EEX. Uh, template. So I, this is probably bad practice, but I use the con in a few different functions in my templates, mostly to just check like, you know, is this, you know, is this user's role this or whatever? And I'm just, or I'm checking the assigns sort of. And so live views use this socket. The socket can have assigns, but you're supposed to use them differently uh, because you might, 
lose the connection and then it has to rebuild it. And so there's there's extra things that you have to think about with that. And you don't want to have to rebuild everything necessarily all the time. So you only want to be adding new things. And really what I wanted to be doing was I wanted to build everything around this live view and then just put in like a very small amount of data into the live view and have that live updated. And so at first I was trying to use the live view as a whole page, which for my use case was stupid. Uh, it didn't make a lot of sense. Um, eventually I tried using it with like smaller partials nested inside of templates. So I had this meeting page um, and then I just had like a connected users live view template. That worked really well. Like once I, once I kind of realized like, oh, I'm going about this backwards, it was really easy to fit that in there. And it took like almost no work at all. It was really quick, worked really well. The problem for me was basically that I'm doing so much with JavaScript already for this, or I need to do so much because I'm using WebRTC, I'm using video chat. There were a lot of, I would say, duplicates, or I was doing a lot of things that were very similar, but with different techniques. So I'm using a presence channel, I'm using a video chat signaling channel, and then I'm also using this Phoenix Live View to show me the connected users. And so you can kind of see how there's like duplication on all three of these. So eventually I realized... I didn't really have a good way to get information from the live view to my other, to my JavaScript. And this is JavaScript that had to run. So I needed to know that this user that was connected was attached to this video element. And, you know, when these events happened client side, then I had to, you know, take some kind of action. I had to disconnect someone or mute someone or whatever. And so I think I could have figured that all out through Phoenix Live View or like a lot of it. But I just realized like this is not the way to do this. Like this is not a good use case for Live View for the most part. Um, I could still probably find some use cases in this page for like some real-time updated Live View components. But in general, for handling the connected users and all this, when it comes to uh, like WebRTC and all that, it made way more sense to just stick with the channels. Channels are already great to work with. The JavaScript's already pretty light, like I'm maybe a hundred lines for this page so far. And like, it's doing a lot, like it's a whole group chat. It's got, you know, muting and unmuting and connecting and moving people around and all kinds of stuff. And it's really not that much JavaScript. Um, so I just thought, you know what, like I've spent three days now working on this, trying to figure out how do I integrate live view in here best. And eventually I just dropped it from this particular part. Uh, it just doesn't make very much sense right now uh, for what I'm using it for. That being said, I do plan on using it for a lot of other things on the site. So pretty much all of my forms I think could be converted to live views because uh, it's basically doing exactly the same thing, except it doesn't need a page refresh. It can be a lot more immediate and I can do some extra work that I probably wouldn't do like unless I had like a real time push going out. I'll probably end up doing that, you know, things like even just like registration, login, updating like account settings, things like that. Like a lot of things that I think would work really well for Live View. Um, I found it very easy to use. So yeah, I'll probably be cutting out quite a bit of JavaScript and just replacing it with that. But for this particular use case, because I had to work with WebRTC, it didn't make sense. So yeah, that was kind of my experience with Live View. Where I'm at right now with the uh, the new features uh, for freelancers that I was talking about, I'm basically, I would say, about halfway through creating the meetings feature for freelancers. I'm also in the future looking at doing some webinar style features. So I have one particular person who's interested in holding uh, teaching sessions or Q&A sessions with larger groups, like that might be 10 to 50 people or, you know, 
somewhere in there. So he doesn't want everyone to necessarily be talking to each other the whole time. Uh, he wants it more like a presenter format. Uh, he can control whose audio and video is transmitted to the rest at any given time. Uh, and that might be a few people. It might be one person. Uh, most of the time, it's going to be him up at the front. I guess you could think of it almost like a university lecture or something where you got to put your hand up to be acknowledged by the professor. The professor lets you talk. The class goes on. Uh, that sort of thing. Uh, and he wants to be able to uh, charge for these sessions ahead of time or on entering the session or during the session, prompt people with the option to pay for something. You know, once he had started talking to me about this, I realized, well, this is just the meetings feature for freelancers, but scaled up. It just means for more people, basically, and with a little bit more control about who's talking and, and that kind of thing, you know, the presentation features. So I know how to build that. And because it's just the scaling up, I already have quite a bit of this sort of built and ready to go. I think that's pretty likely for me to build that next. Uh, plus, it just sounds fun to build. Like, I think that would be really cool. Um, I have some ideas that I probably won't end up putting in production, but uh, there's some ideas I have on chaining WebRTC so that, you know, the first person to connect receives a peer-to-peer -peer connection through WebRTC, and then the next person to connect receives... Uh, that connection relayed through the, the first person who connected, the third person gets it from the second person. So you only ever have two connections at any given time instead of everyone connecting to each other directly or having to go all through a server. It could all be peer-to-peer -peer and just kind of chain together. I think that's a really interesting idea. I feel like that would have so many like problems where someone drops out in the middle of the chain and you'd have to reconnect them and all kinds of stuff like that but i feel like that might be a fun thing to like hack on for a weekend and see if i could get it working it would certainly be good for like cost effectiveness but uh, i doubt i'll actually get that working up to the like quality i would want it to be so i may actually just run larger groups through a server go peer-to-peer -peer up to maybe four people and then after that run them through a server uh, which i can do pretty reasonably inexpensively. I have a few ways of doing that. I can either run my own or I could use something like Twilio or a few other services out there that are pretty inexpensive. You know, they're like a fraction of a cent per person per minute or whatever. Um, and these things would either would be probably based on a subscription because I'd need to cover the costs of that uh, plus some profit. And I might have tiers based on how much of a percentage of any payments they receive I would be taking. I might do something like that where you can pay a flat fee and there are there is no app fee for transactions or you know maybe you pay a much lower subscription fee but every time you make a transaction uh percentage goes to the platform something like that. Uh those are kind of the things I'm looking at cuz I want this to be like useful to people who don't necessarily have money to drop like a hundred dollars a month or something up front you know maybe they have 10 bucks a month to try this idea out maybe they're someone who's not sure that they could bring in the audience or whatever so for them it's totally fine to lose say 10 percent of their transaction because they're happy to make any money off of that and then maybe later on they realize okay i would like to make more money per person that i'm holding these sessions with it's a no-brainer to pay 100 bucks a month because I'm making a lot more than that anyways. So I'm happy to do that too because being paid up front is worth something as well. So yeah, those are some ideas that I'm kind of bouncing around. And I think that's probably what I'll work on next. Uh, if you're a freelancer or someone who's looking for these kind of features, uh, definitely get in touch with me because you will have some serious input into how this is built and 
I might end up building something that is perfect for you because there's a few people who are giving me some feedback on this right now and I'm checking in with, but you know, I always appreciate more. If so, if this sounds like it's for you, I suspect that some of the people who listen to this are freelancers themselves and maybe going through some of the same things I'm going through. I'd be super happy to talk to you. I won't take up too much of your time, but I'd be glad to uh, hear what you have to say. So I think I'm going to leave it here for this episode. Uh, we're getting close to 30 minutes. So until next time, if you want to get in touch with me, you can uh, send me a message on Twitter at Carter Bryden or an email at Carter at IndieLixir.com. Uh, if you want to go to iTunes or anything like that and give me a rating, that'd be great. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you next time.